welcome 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 to another episode of the two bros podcast and today i am joined finally by big brother big brother warm welcome to you welcome back thank you so much it is good to be back uh lots to discuss here this episode is obviously about the coming uh, premier league uh, game week it's been a while we had uh, the international break in the middle nothing really exciting happened there to be honest apart from harry maguire uh crapping all over the the pitch again but uh, a lot of support for harry maguire which is uh, which is a, which is a good thing to see i mean british media coming to the rescue i i quite like that well that's nothing new uh the british media do have a habit of making uh, martyrs out of british footballers but speaking of british footballers i would like to speak about the unique position of kieran tierney who went to scotland to uh play his his game for the nations league okay and uh, he apparently was in the same room as a player who tested positive and even though his test came back negative he was asked to self quarantine for 14 days ruling him out of the match against man city oh that's weird that is weird so as we speak i don't think there's been a breakthrough in that impasse between uh, the scottish fa and arsenal But if Tierney doesn't play, I can't see Arsenal uh, taking anything away from uh, the match at the Etihad. Really, you think he is that pivotal? Uh, the system Arteta has employed uh, relies on mobile uh, wing backs, mm-hmm. if you may, a three-man defense with Bellerin and Tierney on uh, either side. When you transition into attack, it becomes almost like a three-three-four-three. Uh, three. Mm-hmm. but otherwise it's a 5-4-1 understood understood so that transition is everything you overload the wings you overlap with obameyang on the left in fact in the last few heat maps arsenal's attacks have all come ba- uh, come down the left when tierney has played mm-hmm. now kolasinac is not half the attacker tierney is and unfortunately he's not even half the defender so that is a big big miss Okay. Uh, as far as misses go, I think De Bruyne also misses out due to a muscle injury he sustained. Yeah. But uh, City have enough depth to cover for De Bruyne. Now it remains to be seen if without their strikers and their uh, maestro pulling the strings, can Arsenal nick something? I would fancy them if Tierney were to play, but right now it's up in the air. Well, the way the clubs are lined up at the moment, it's uh, there are no clear winners at this point because even the heavy hitters of the Premier League have sustained heavy defeats uh, in the recent uh, past, and this might just be the season of the underdogs, you know, sticking it to the big clubs. You know, you just you just never know, you know. That's a good point there, but you know, these international breaks have a way of disrupting momentum. now you really feel for carlo ancelotti everything was going right for him and then this break came along what they could have used was another few weeks of everton going out and thrashing people and racking up the first 20 points quickly but instead what you have is you know this breaks given uh, teams a chance to regroup given people uh, time to fix you know what they've seen in the first four weeks uh, there's been a lot of talk about what the absence of fans is doing mm-hmm. uh you know and maybe defenders are switching off etc and uh, managers have got time to address that so you know the the high flyers like leeds united everton who've gotten off to good starts of the season the break has come at a very wrong time well break or no break everton face liverpool up next now this is 
Well, too early to call it. Too early to call a, a decider. Really, it's too early, though, isn't it? It's too early to call it a decider. But what I am saying is, I fancy Everton to win their first Merseyside derby in over a decade. Yeah, that'll that'll be quite something, and that'll issue. Uh, that'll stamp such a such an authority on on the table. You know that Everton are no longer the pushovers of the or a mid mid table team anymore. You know that the, they have really turned the page with the new manager and the support that he's gotten. The good news for them is that Allen is back after sustaining an injury in game week three, and uh, they have all their players back fully fit. That's what I garnered from their uh, pre-match conference. Uh, Liverpool have been out of sorts. Uh, I think uh, Arsenal played well, uh, but of course uh, Arsenal uh, need a little bit of shoring up, which hopefully Thomas Partey will bring, and then you know maybe they can stand up to the Man Cities and the Liverpools of the world. But Everton are in excellent form and with Calvert-Lewin firing on all cylinders and uh, James pulling the strings in the midfield, I can't see why Everton shouldn't back themselves, especially as is uh, that the derby is at Goodison. So, if you recall, the last game week, uh, Liverpool got thrashed 7-2, was it? 7-2? 7-1? 7-2. And they looked uh, very, very shaky defensively with Everton firing on all cylinders. I mean, are you expecting another high-scoring match? Uh, I I don't suppose so because uh, typically teams rebound after such a heavy loss. It remains to be seen which set of players does uh, better in terms of coping with the travel. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing about South Americans and African players is that they have to travel long distances during the international break. And, you know, with the, the pandemic and quarantining and, and all of that, uh, you know, you, you really feel for players like uh, James, Rodriguez and uh, uh, Mo Salah who have to go all the way to their countries, play some meaningless international matches and come back. So, it remains to be seen. But I'm backing Everton on this. Well, Sadio Mane is still out. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting uh, lineup to see how Liverpool cope up with uh, the very solid defence of uh, of Everton, especially the likes of Yeri Mina, who have come in straight into the squad and have bolstered the rank so much, with uh, the likes of Seamus Coleman and Luca Dean uh, providing not only a defensive cover, but an attacking threat as well. So, it's, that's going to be a very interesting uh, loggerhead, so to speak. Let's see what happens there. Moving on to the next game, uh, Chelsea-Southampton. Uh, Southampton have kind of gotten off to a good start as well. And Chelsea have sort of... Well, a bit of a hit and miss for for them so far. What are you expecting in this match? Well, Chelsea are growing. Uh, Let's make no mistake. Chelsea looked out of sorts in the first couple of matches, but they've been growing. They were very comfortable in their last match. Uh, Havertz is looking to settle in. In fact, he is the recommended captain by the Fantasy Premier League scout for this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to back him to be captain, but uh, I can't see anything other than a Chelsea win. Southampton are always dangerous and they have one of England's most reliable marksmen in Danny Ings. Uh, But I think at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea will be too strong for them. Uh, One worry for Chelsea could be that Timo Werner still to get off the mark uh, uh, in the Premier League. But you know, a striker of that calibre, you you can't keep him quiet for too long. Well, Havertz did score uh, twice, if I'm not mistaken, for Germany. And even uh, Timo Werner got on the score sheet. So, clearly doing wonders for their uh, confidence as such. So, maybe uh, we will finally see those new signings, you know, start to click a little bit and deliver what uh, Lampard really, uh, you know, expected out of them. 
and uh, well again let's come to the third game which is going to be a big uh, big big match it's going to be city versus arsenal now arsenal at the moment there's there's a feel good factor at the club especially the way your season ended with two tro- with a trophy and the way your season started by beating liverpool on penalties in the community shield there's a good there's a sense of good feeling at arsenal the results are, are good obama yang signed an extension so that's taken care of some new signings have come in and man city i mean things could have couldn't possibly be worse for them i mean pep guardiola facing his biggest defeat since he ever took over as a as a manager so what is what is that uh, what do you think i mean it is at the etihad what are you expecting out of this match and who's going to take all three points so i wouldn't uh, put too much on the city loss to leicester leicester are capable of cooking up a perfect storm from time to time and uh, guardiola unfortunately he didn't tweak his tactics uh, you know enough and leicester were able to punish them and i remember us talking about how dangerous jamie wardy can be now this match arguably is equally important for both but i would say it is slightly more important for arsenal uh, that is because while arsenal have started well there is uh, a growing sense of belief and now we need a big result in the premier league to uh, back this belief up uh, against liverpool i think we were still defensive we played uh, on the counter and even though we scored the first goal you know once liverpool had equalized it was all one way traffic so arsenal need to big uh, need to beat some of the big boys mm-hmm. to you know sort of get that confidence flowing in the squad once again that uh, they belong in the top 4 and then hopefully in a season or two you know challenge for top honors a man city arguably uh, their loss to leicester has been wiped out by liverpool's loss mm-hmm. to villa so uh, it's not a make or break already for them uh, i would say they would want to win but uh, given arsenal's momentum i don't suppose pep would be too unhappy with a draw either uh, especially given the fact that along with de bruyne they're missing aguero and jesus as well yeah and i think uh, matches like these <clears throat> and getting a favorable result will really uh you know uh, boost the confidence of young managers like arteta and the team itself you know and uh, speaking of young managers ole gunnar solskjaer faces newcastle united at whatever their stadium is called now it used to be st james's park what is it the bed 365 stadium now i don't know what is it called well last time i checked it was still st james's no, park i think it's different now but uh, you're right this one's a game uh, you know ideally you want united to face strong opposition mm-hmm. after you get a hiding you know because you face strong teams you're psyched up for it you play well even if you lose by a goal or two the supporter base says you know it was a much better performance and you get away with it for showing heart but you now go to a team you're expected to beat but they are a very tricky proposition and now you can't afford to slip up so that's at the back of your head you're you're thinking okay i'm supposed to beat these guys now if your strike force clicks you get a couple of goals in the first half it's easy coasting mm-hmm. but let's say it's a nil nil at half time what do you think the manager is going to be telling his players let's say it's you're one goal down then what happens yeah. so this is a much trickier fixture than it seems on paper I agree with you because the atmosphere at United is not at all good with uh, Harry Maguire in the news for all the wrong reasons and talks of an apparent bust up between uh, Bruno Fernandes and the rest of the squad inclu- I mean apparently he even yelled at the manager I mean obviously Bruno Fernandes has come out after that and he has denied all these claims but 
I mean, there's no smoke without fire, as they say. Uh, the new signings are expected to come in straight away, but Edinson Cavani, so to speak, is uh, still in quarantine. He is the new number seven of United, so a lot of burden of that number seven shirt on him right right off the bat. You know, they're expecting him to do great things already. But uh, Alex Telles is going to straight away go straight into the squad. Luke Shaw off to the bench and he's been poor. And hopefully with uh, somebody competing for his position, he is going to up his game or maybe even uh, get sold in a season or two. You know, I, I really wouldn't mind that. Well, as a United supporter yourself, I have to ask you this. Where do you see the goals coming from? See, I, do, I tell you what, the last season we saw goals coming from uh, all three of these uh, forwards that we have at the moment. Martial, Rashford and uh, Greenwood. They all three, all three of them clicked together and Bruno Fernandes was in, was in a phenomenal form. They just don't seem to click at the moment. I think it's it's a matter of time and it's it's it could be a confidence thing as well. And now with the new signings coming in, maybe things are going to improve. Maybe the morale in the dressing room has changed. But, uh, you know, the stories that come out in the news, like uh, Paul Pogba saying it's his dream to play for Real Madrid one day. You know, things like that really hurt the locker room and the locker room sentiment, especially in times like these where confidence is low in any way. You know, you never know what uh, how people are going to react. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see the new signings like Cavani, especially in a number seven shirt. That's going to be very interesting. And the the new players, I mean, obviously nobody's heard of them, and I haven't heard of them. I've had to I had to Google these people up, and apparently we've paid thirty seven million for this uh, Pelistri guy. I have no idea where he came from, some Uruguayan club where he made three senior appearances, and we've paid thirty seven million for him. And uh, the new fellow who's going to join us in in January, the the Triore fellow. Again, I hadn't heard of him, but uh, he seems like he's got a pace. He's good on the ball. I think the new signings will, uh, you know, change the morale of the team. But they need to deliver right away. They cannot delay. United so far have three points from four games. And we are, I know it's early, we are three points away from relegation because the bottom three all have zero points. So that's that's not a place where we want to be at any stage of the the problems uh, plaguing United have been covered in our previous episode. But yeah. everything really ties into the transfer policy or, you know, really the lack of one. Uh, players like Pogba have been indulged for far too long. And there is a parallel in uh, what has been done with Mesut Ozil uh, at Arsenal. And at some point, uh, you know, even if a player is an expensive liability, you've got to sit him down on the bench. You've got to maybe remove him. Uh, as a bad influence from the group. Uh, Genduzi was shipped out, uh, you know, and Pate was brought in. And, you know, uh, I don't know if the Man United board and the manager are seeing eye to eye or maybe if the manager has a say in these things. Uh, and, you know, like you said, the pressure of the number seven shirt. I don't know if a guy like Cavani needed that. You know, you could have easily given him a squad number and he may have gotten you 10-odd goals for the season. Uh, a few more in the cups and that would have been decent return. But all of a sudden, you're giving him the number seven shirt and there are still people who see that shirt and think Beckham. And then there are younger fans who see that shirt and think Ronaldo. And if Cavani doesn't deliver, then again, it's it's rancor and uh, mistrust. No, apparently, they had a word with Cavani about the number seven shirt and they told him what it what it means and he was up for it. So, he volunteered. So this could go either way. He could turn into the next, I don't know, Memphis Depay or he could turn into the next Ronaldo. I don't know. And finally, the curse of the number seven shirt might be broken by a Uruguayan. We don't know. 
I mean, I'm I'm all for it, and he's here for two years. I'm very excited to see him in a shirt, and I am so happy as a player that I can say I have seen the likes of Henrik Larsson, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Angel Di Maria, uh, Michael Owen, Radamel Falcao, and now Edinson Cavani all wearing a United shirt during my lifetime. And I'm I'm I know they haven't all of them haven't done as much. But watching them wear a United shirt and go out there and you know play for the team, it's it's quite something. I I quite like it. Well, United are one of the biggest clubs in the world. And, well, I hope uh, we I hope I hope I can say that in the next ten years because right now the you know it looks quite bleak to be honest. Moving on, we have a few very lackluster fixtures on Sunday morning. That's uh, Sheffield versus Fulham. I mean, uh, I really I can't be bothered really to wear this goal. So. Uh, Sheffield, Fulham, Crystal Palace, Brighton, all yeah. of these teams will be looking to get some points on the board. Uh, in particular, the Sheffield-Fulham uh, match is already a relegation six-pointer. Mm-hmm. Sheffield will be looking to get off the mark. Fulham will be looking to put up their uh, first points of the season. So, I expect a tough, tough derby. I don't expect this to be high scoring at all. Sheffield United have struggled for goals. Yeah. But against Fulham, uh, I think they will keep a tight ship. I fancy maybe a one-one draw here. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far just as to, just to very, Brighton are just concerned, to, just, this is a team. These to, are two teams that um, rely on talismans. For Crystal Palace, it is Zaha, and for Brighton, it is Neil Mopé. So really, it figures which talisman is going to show up. Just to cut in for a second, Sheffield United have bolstered their attacking prowess in the form of Rian Brewster. Now, we've all heard stories and uh, I mean, it remains to be seen if he's going to become the next Ravel Morrison. Do you remember that guy? <laughs> yes, don't we? Don't we all? Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, Brighton and Crystal Palace should be an interesting fixture. I mean, uh, they're both, I would say, equally uh, talented. And uh, we've seen what Brighton can do and how they can attack, especially against uh, United. So the match against Crystal Palace is going to be interesting. But all eyes on the Tottenham versus West Ham game where rumours say... A certain Gareth Bale might be making his appearance. What do you make of that? Well, well, well. <laughs> the prodigal son returns. Well, I'm excited to watch Gareth Bale back in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it. Even though Tottenham are fierce rivals to Arsenal, I'm excited. It, you you want to see the top players in action. And Gareth Bale is top, top level. Uh, can't forget his uh, heart celebration. He was, he probably, before Harry Kane, is the only bona fide superstar that Tottenham have produced in this millennium. Their Ericsons and their Labellas and their Lorises can all take a hike. Gareth Bale is the only bona fide Tottenham superstar. You're, you're forgetting a certain Luka Modric. Luka Modric was sold too early. So now yeah, I don't I think suppose. Tottenham can lay claim to him. He's mm-hmm. now a Madrid star. But Bale made it. Well, it should be very interesting, and I'm ho- I'm expecting him to come off the bench at least because they, Jose Mourinho will not want him to you know get uh, thrown into the action straight away, especially since he's coming from La Liga where things are a lot slower. They're up against West Ham, who are kind of flying at the moment with uh, Mikhail Antonio and a, a bit of a correction from our previous uh, episode where we said that David Moyes is no longer the manager. Apparently, Moyes is still the manager, but he's got the virus, and someone a caretaker manager has taken over, which is weird because. 
the the app that i use said uh, said uh, that person's name it said manager and this person so i figured moyes was sacked or something but moyes is still in charge and maybe the reason why west ham are playing so well is that moyes is not calling the shots anymore <laughs> well, that's a stretch but uh, from what i can see uh, west ham started very poorly mm-hmm. they lost to newcastle on match day 1 and then they had a defeat a narrow defeat albeit to arsenal mm-hmm. uh, again that is expected but then they bounced back terrifically they beat wolves 4-0 and in the last match day if my uh, info is correct they beat leicester yep. 3-0 yep. a leicester that was coming off of a victory against man city so west ham are coming together very well declan rice is their equivalent of a jack greelish mm-hmm. and uh, mikhail antonio is on a red hot streak and as we speak uh, we see that there are a lot of west ham players in uh, the top 10 or 12 uh, of the fantasy premier league picks for example there is bowen who at 6.3 is an absolute steal in the midfield and uh, there is Cresswell who yeah. is number 2 mm-hmm. in terms of defenders right now and he's had a 4.9 so both of these players are absolute steals and of course Antonio is a good good pick now they are up against Tottenham their local rivals and uh, i suspect that uh, Tottenham will be more than up for it mm-hmm. but i expect West Ham to give them a good fight Well, now that you mentioned these, I regret making those early changes to my fantasy Premier League team. Maybe I should have brought in Cresswell. But I was watching United play. Uh, who are we playing? Did we got ruined? Newcastle. No, not New. Who are we playing? When we got ruined by them? We were playing Spurs, right? We were playing Spurs. Yeah. Man, it's it's a memory that I've blocked already, apparently. But I was watching them play, and I straight away got rid of Martial and Bruno Fernandez. I have I had it. I had pretty much. Uh, I, I was done. I sold both of them. and i sold one more player so i am looking at a minus 8 this week but to compensate i have played my bench boost chip hopefully my bench delivers let's see what happens uh so the final game on sunday is the leicester city versus high flying villa now villa must be flying at the moment with that convincing victory against uh, champions liverpool and leicester will be looking to bounce back and this is a game at the king power what do you what do you expect out of this game Let us let us say this for a minute. What? Aston Villa are number <laughs> two in the table. Oh my god! With a perfect record, they have a goal difference of nine, well. with eleven goals scored and only two against. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> in Jack Grealish, they have the man of the moment, mm-hmm. and I suspect their momentum will carry them far. There is a feel good uh, feeling about that club. In fact, this. upward trend started on the very last day when we were able to avoid the drop and they've carried that they built the squad well and uh, now they're flying so honestly i don't know what to expect this could be your pick for a high scoring game for the weekend well speaking of jack grealish he is one of those players that i've brought back uh, into my team i had him at one point then i sold him because villa again were not very convincing in the beginning but jack grealish like we discussed last time is a completely new man with his new contract now that he's committed his future to villa for the next uh, i don't know how many years moving on to monday we have some very uninteresting fixtures again west brom versus burnley i mean who cares here and then we have leeds united versus versus wolves now that should be a bit of a tussle as well Well, you fancy Wolves to get their act together, but I suspect what has happened is that in selling Doherty and uh, 
other player uh, who who Jota Diego Jota Diego Jota they have weakened their squad yeah. so while they've signed the entire portugal team <laughs> they can't uh, really compensate for two first team regulars yeah and you know adama traore he had a breakout season uh, in the last season mm-hmm. but too much too soon you know you can't hinge your expectations on one player because this is the premier league mm-hmm. and i suspect wolves should have built from last season but instead they've sold two assets they've gotten two new guys who will take 6 months to bed in yeah and i i think they have weakened considerably so i don't suspect i i don't suspect wolves will uh, finish in the top half this season well i i kind of agree with you there now let's uh, let's move on to uh, fantasy premier league for if you will for a bit who's your captain uh, for this week who are you uh, throwing the armband on to be honest i haven't really thought about it um I would say it's a toss up between uh, somebody from Chelsea or maybe Jack Grealish. So I've given my armband to a certain Hyunmin Son. If I if I recall correctly he did not have a uh, an international match to play for Korea. He did not. And he's had 2 weeks to recover from whatever strain that he had on his ankle or his hamstring whatever it was. And he's in he's in a lot of he's in he's a he's a proper proper striker. Now Harry Kane tends to you know link up really well with son and it's amazing that it's the other way it's not son finding kane it's kane finding son and son finishes uh, the goals for them now it's a very interesting matchup and now with the likes of gareth bale also thrown into the mix i mean who knows what this team is capable of now yeah for for every arsenal supporter i out there i would uh, hope that they don't Uh-huh. but uh, i think your decision is, is a sound one i i think i may borrow a leaf out of your book and change my captain to son as well well i still have those minus 8 coming my way so i don't know what to expect so yeah that's been the round up for this game week brother thank you so much for your time and i hope you have an exciting uh, game week as well and uh, have some good football to look at Thank you so much and I wish you all the very best for uh, Man United's trip to St James's Park. All righty, see you around. All righty.